Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Okay, let's get into the word Deuteronomy chapter two for me. We are in a series uh, called New Normal. I guess they've settled on that title now. And I want to share a few things on my heart today, uh, the next couple of weeks. Let me tell you what the next couple of weeks look like. Uh, we're going to dive into uh, something today that I think is one of the things that pull us back, that gravitational pull when we try and break free or have moments, moments of freedom and we keep getting pulled back. And I really think it's becoming more more of an issue. Uh, I see it in my own life, honestly. I see it in the lives around about me. Uh, the enemy tries to do everything he can to get this in our heart to operate this way. I, I believe it's one of the biggest obstacles to our freedom, and that is unforgiveness. And uh, so we're going to talk about that today. Next week, we're going to talk about more along the lines. Probably another thing I feel in my heart to bring a word on is just kind of our, our mental health a little bit, our struggles uh, in our mind, uh, even along the lines of depression. I, I think there's moments that our mind gets overwhelmed, it gets cloudy, it just gets uh, to a point where we just can't function maybe like we could or should or would like to. And uh, we're going to talk about that next week. I, I believe that is something that continues to pull us back uh, into that orbit that we try. We have momentary, or times that we have moments of break free and freedom, and then we, we slip back into that. And then week three, I haven't settled exactly on the topic yet in my heart, but I believe it's gonna be a, I believe it's gonna be a, a freedom service. I, I, I don't know how to say that. I, I believe God's gonna be doing something amazing. We're praying and believing he does every time we gather, but there's something about finishing up 21 days. And let me just say this, we're finishing up 21 days of prayer and fasting rather. Uh, Friday night with a night of worship, and then Saturday morning with our final um, prayer, 21 day of prayer, although we pray every Saturday. And then I believe it's gonna be a weekend of freedom. I, I, don't, I don't know if that makes sense and maybe I can clarify it next week. I, I believe something significant Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is gonna take place in the area of freedom and breaking free from the gravitational pull to the thing that's spinning inside of us that keeps us coming back or pulling us back and keeping us from doing what God wants us to do. I, I don't know if any of that made sense. I believe maybe I'll have a bit more clarity next week, but Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the end of the month, 27, 28, 29, I believe. And it's gonna be significant. You don't want to miss any of it. And so we'll finish out the series then. Uh, but today, let's dive into the topic. I'll start with Deuteronomy 2. I don't want to spend a lot of time in review because uh, we don't have a lot of time. To, I want to get into what I feel is on my heart. I'm going to do my best to be more teachy than preachy. That's going to be hard for me. So have your faith extended out there because I think there's just some real significant points to get across from us. So Deuteronomy 2, 1 through 3, uh, our theme verse uh, for the series then we turn and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. We've been released, we've been walking out in freedom now, been delivered. Just as the Lord had told me, we circled Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me saying, and the Lord spoke saying, you have circled this mountain long enough, turn northward. Aren't you glad God speaks to us? Because we can get comfortable on things, even good things we can get comfortable in. And God wants us to get not just from good things, but to God things, right? He, he wants to go from from good to better to best. He, he wants us to continually meet going forward. The, the Bible says glory to glory and strength to strength. He wants to take us places we've never been before. And so we can get even caught up even in good things and routine and what we would consider some kind of normalcy. And God says, I have a new normal for you. Uh, most of us will identify with this passage from being ready to move beyond. Maybe 2022 wasn't what you had hoped or wanted it to be. Uh, and that too uh, is, is sensed here in this passage, this implication of let's move north wherever you find yourself. I love the idea that God determined when it's time to move, let's go. I, I think in doing that, we have to, uh, we get comfortable. We learn, we learn, we learn, right? I've circled this way. I know where this route is. I, I learn my surroundings. I, I learn my 
uh, I'm familiar with it, and I think sometimes what's uncomfortable for us in making a change of direction is we have to leave our familiarity. Let me say it this way, we have to leave with what we've learned. And the truth is for you and I to really go forward in the things of God, there are some things we need to unlearn. Because what happens is when we keep our head down and we're circling, circling, the thing that is keep pull, playing us back, that gravitational pull, we, we, we learn this well and we learn it and we forget what God's taught us. We become more in tune to learning what the world has to teach us and we miss what God wants to teach us. And God wants to teach us all kinds of things, all kinds of different ways. He never does it the same way twice. He wants to show himself strong and teach us his power, teach us his his presence, and so I think sometimes we got our head down and we're circling the mountain. We have to unlearn the world's ways and learn or relearn God's ways because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And so I think there's times we find ourselves there. I think this is one of those issues, topics, if you will. And I wanna say this this morning that Christ in you is the hope. <laughs> Christ in you is the hope. You, you have a new nature, the Bible says. When you receive Christ, you have a new nature and now you need a new normal, you have a new heart, and now you need new habits and new mindsets. You have to unlearn the ways of the world and learn the ways of God. And prayer and fasting, we're talking about that, prayer reveals the things in you that are keep pulling you back and the things you need to unlearn. And fasting gives you the power and the strength to be able to do it because fasting draws you closer to God. And let me say this, it won't be easy to break free, it won't be easy to break through. Freedom is never easy. And when we get comfortable in our surroundings, freedom is foreign to us, in fact, a lot of times. So when all you know is hurt and pain, healing seems strange. When all you know is chaos and confusion, peace seems strange. When all you know is busy, 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 rest seems strange. When all you know is lack, blessing and abundance seems strange. When all you know is rejection, acceptance seems strange. When all you know is hate, love seems strange. When all you know is guilt and shame, forgiveness and freedom, seems strange. When all you know is bondage, freedom seems strange. And when all you know is the mountain north seems strange. And we feel comfortable with where we are. And in fact, church is uncomfortable for a lot of people. In fact, church is really uncomfortable for most of us. It's not our natural habitat. It's uncomfortable to get up on a Sunday morning when it's your day off or you're going to rest. It's uncomfortable to come and with a bunch of people you don't know. It's uncomfortable to raise your hand at times, even to sing as somebody might hear you. It's uncomfortable to, to give your money when the world teaches you to hold on to it. It's, un, it's uncomfortable to serve when we want to be served. It's, it's foreign to us. We have to unlearn the worldly ways to learn God ways, to break free from some things. So God delivers his people. And he sent 10 plagues to change Pharaoh's mind. 10 plagues to change Pharaoh's mind. And after 10 plagues, he finally changed. It's not easy to change the mind of somebody, is it? Even for God, 10 plagues. He went to a lot of trouble to get freedom for his people. And Jesus went through a lot of trouble to get freedom for you and I. It was at a high cost. So after the people were free from Egypt, they wanted to go back. If you read the story, they were griping and complaining. It would be better to die in Egypt. At least we had a place to sleep and at least we had food and we're out here in the wilderness. Did you bring us out here, Moses, for us to die? It'd be better for us to go back to Egypt than to wander. People wanted to go back to where they came from. People were free from Egypt, but Egypt wasn't free from them. Or let me say it this way. It was easier for God to get his people out of Egypt than to get Egypt out of his people. Come on, somebody. It's, easier, it's easy for God to get you out of the world than to get the world out of you. 
And we need to learn, unlearn rather, some things from this world and learn the things of God. It's easy for God to change your heart. That happens in a moment, the Bible says. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. It's not, it's not God making your heart new that's hard. It's you making your habits new, your mindset new, your vision new, and making it come in alignment with your new heart. That's the hard part. And that's where we need some power greater than our own because there's this gravitational pull keep pulling us back. We have to unlearn some things so we can learn some things. And so God says in this season, you circle this mountain, turn north. He wants to lead you, not just in a new direction, but he wants to lead you not just into something. He wants to lead you out of something, out of the old lifestyle, old habits, old mindsets, old ways of doing things, old hurts and old failures. And what I've come to realize is God is trying to set me free from me. I mean, whether we're willing to admit that this morning or not, that is just truth and reality. We have to unlearn some things, some mindsets and things about this world, about myself, and so I can learn about the new me and the new heart and the new path and the new direction. See, it was easier for God to get Egypt to let his people go than to get his people to let Egypt go. It's something that kept pulling them back, even though they were in slavery and in bondage. But we know in Jeremiah 29, 11, in fact, there's some sweatshirts out there that in Roman numerals, if you've been wondering, the Roman numerals are 29, 11. Our foundational verse, or one of them on the wall out there, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You don't need to know them, I know them. You need to trust me. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Now, one of the things that I feel keeps pulling people back is what I said already, and that is unforgiveness because there's a worldly mindset about that. And unless we learn God's mind about it, unforgiveness will keep pulling us back and keep us bound to keep circling the mountain again. And every single one of us faces offense, every one of us does. And if we don't learn how to deal with it right or in God's way, then it keeps pulling us back to that orbit that we can't break free and find our freedom. And I wanna look at what Jesus has to say. He creates some framework for you and I, enabling us to find some freedom. We need to eject unforgiveness out of our heart and our life. If you were here last week, I don't have time to explain what I mean there other than the fact that there's things inside of us that are spinning that create that pull, that pull us back. And as we saw the video clip, the Star Trek clip, you have to eject something out of you sometimes that will give you the energy to propel you beyond that orbit. I believe we need to learn to eject unforgiveness out of our life because it is all-consuming. And we have an opportunity to get offended every single day. And there's a, cr- a framework that Jesus gives us on how to handle unforgiveness. Let's take a look at Hebrews 12, 2 real quick, the message paraphrase. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Now listen to this next phrase. Study how we did it. Well, how do you get free from all this? Because unforgiveness is a big deal. It is a big deal, but even Jesus had to deal with it and we can study how he did it and find our framework to operate in to find our freedom from it because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever, and now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God, Jesus found a way, and he shows us and models that. Now, we know some of the story. Jesus at the Last Supper, he was surrounded by his disciples, and in that moment uh, after the Last Supper was over, he was arrested, illegally arrested. They came in the middle of the night. They found him in the garden. He was led, uh, they were led to him by one of his own disciples, 
and they illegally arrested him because, and they tried him at three different trials at night, which was illegal because you could not be tried at night. And then they, we know the story, and we'll walk through it in just a moment, that they beat him, they whipped him, they nailed him to a cross. And understand what Jesus says, the first thing he says, let's take a look at it, Luke 23, 34. Jesus has been illegally arrested, illegally tried, beaten, whipped, nailed to the cross. First words out of his mouth, Father, forgive them. Wow. That wouldn't be the first word out of my mouth. Or the second, third. I don't know that whatever crossed my lips. As long as I had breath in my body. Can I tell you that? But Jesus facing things we would never face. His Father forgive. Does that not say something to you and I? Because we talk about the cross. We talk about the amazing freedom, the things he paid for. Do you know the first thing he said was forgive them? How important is forgiveness in our life? I mean, we're, we're, we're not easy or quick to forgive, but yet Jesus in this moment is telling us there just might be very few things more important than you walking in forgiveness towards other people. Not just experiencing our forgiveness from God, right? The most important thing in life is for us to have forgiveness for God. The second most important thing might just be forgiving others. But Jesus, facing things we would never face, thank God. The first words out of his mouth, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. This will be the first thing that you and I will need to say every single day of our life. You might as well wake up in the morning, Father, forgive everybody for what they're going to do to me today, right? I mean, I mean, that's just truth, right? I mean, I don't mean to make light of that, but the reality is it's the world we live in today. It's a thing we're going to have to be quick to say, and you got to say it over and over again until it drops in your heart and means something. Say it nonetheless. This will be the first thing you and I need to say every day and in every bad situation. We need to learn to release the hurt and the pain that's been done to us and eject unforgiveness out of our lives. Unforgiveness not only, and I didn't have time to bring that out to you today, not only does it affect you naturally or physically, mentally, but you know, it hinders your prayers. The Bible says you need to go to someone and restore that relationship with a brother before you pray, your prayers will be hindered. It hinders your spiritual growth. It affects your ability to produce fruit in your life. It hinders your anointing. And you may not think that. And we walk around through our life and we wonder why things are happening. And I would dare say this might be the case. You might think you can't break through from some things or experience some things that you want to or feel like you should. It might just be because you have a root of bitterness in your heart. I told the story many times. I'd get so frustrated. I'd go to my dad just angry and upset about something. Hey, dad, you know this and that and this and that. First thing he would do is stop me and say, son, how's your love walk? It doesn't matter right now. I have none at this moment, father. First thing he would do is tell me, check my heart. Because unforgiveness will hinder your walk with the Lord. So God's really big in forgiveness. In fact, we just celebrated Christmas and he said to Mary, you will name him Jesus because he will forgive the world from their sins. It is one of the core things about our belief system. And we need to understand that when we allow unforgiveness in our heart, it hinders us. It keeps pulling us back in order for us to break free and move beyond that gravitational pull, keeping us circling that mountain. Again, we have to eject unforgiveness in our life. But there are always people in your life that are gonna offend you, right? There's always people like that. It's like, God, did you put this person in my life to keep me humble? I mean, that's people's spiritual gift. Sometimes I think that people go through the growth track and they take you know, the personality test and the spiritual gift test and their spiritual gift is offending Pastor Don. I don't know why, but it's like, where did that, how'd that get on the assessment? <laughs> Or you, however that is, right? And I don't have anybody in here in mind, by the way. I can't see you because of the lights, but nonetheless, so here we go. 
There's always going to be that in your life. This is in such an important principle. In fact, when Jesus teaches us to pray the Lord's Prayer, right? The daily prayer, the Lord's Prayer. He teaches us to pray by including forgive us of our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. I mean, Jesus teaching you and I how, the first thing he says on the cross, what he teaches us in prayer is to be people of forgiveness. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 10, he said this, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Many will be offended. That word many in the Greek means majority. A majority of people, and we could probably say this, everyone will be offended Luke 17, one says this, then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Woe to the one who's offense, but listen, it's impossible that you will not have offense in your life. So if that's the case, we have to learn. He knew we'd have to learn how to deal with that, and get it out of our heart. You, you can't keep it from happening. You can't keep it from happening. It's impossible, but you can deal with it in a proper way. And here's the thing about unforgiveness is we think that our unforgiveness towards somebody else is going to hurt them and actually destroys you. It does more to you than that other person. They'll go on with their life and you're going to harbor something that's going to hurt you. In fact, I heard this joke. I don't know if you're, uh, anybody familiar with Boudreaux? Boudreaux jokes? Yeah. So Boudreaux came in as he did every day to the general store. There's a bunch of guys that would meet there, drink coffee, tell stories. He came in one morning, he had, this big, he had this big shirt on and he had this big lump on his chest, something under his shirt. And one of his friends came up and said, Boudreaux, what do, you, what do you got under your shirt there? And he says, I got a bunch of dynamite. He's like, well, why, do you, why do you got dynamite strapped to your chest? And he says, because every day I come in here, Thibodeau comes up and he slaps my chest and he broke my cigar last time, so I'm going to blow his hand off. <laughs> I don't know if it's a bad joke or what, but anyway, so maybe it was the delivery. But the point is, it does more harm to you than the person that had did the offense to you. So we need to learn how to deal with it. Proverbs 18, 19 says this, a brother wronged is more unyielding than a fortified city. Now that word unyielding means this, that when you are wrong, you act in ways you never would have acted. You do things you, where did that come from? Why'd I say that in response? It really impacts you if you hang on to that offense. Uh, disputes are like barred gates of a citadel, meaning like not only do you act like you, you're not normally acting, that you close your heart off, you bar the gates to your heart, and so you think you're not gonna allow that hurt in, but what you, what you do is you shut everything out and everyone out. I don't know if you know this, but if you try and block your emotion off from someone, you can't block your emotion off someone, you block your emotion. You cannot compartmentalize an emotion. You block an emotion uh, towards a person. You block an emotion. Eventually, it will impact every relationship in your life, including your relationship with God. It is impossible to just block that one. Uh, you, you, you block everything out, everyone out, including God. And if we don't learn how to process our offenses, it will pull us back into the orbit. So looking at Jesus' life, if anyone had a right not to like people, it was Jesus. And let's take a look. Uh, what brings us offense? Number one, betrayal. Betrayal can bring offense into our life. And we've all been there. We've all been betrayed. And, and when Jesus was in the, the garden and they came to take him and arrest him, who led the pack to get him was one of his disciples. And usually the greatest betrayals come from the ones that are closest to us. The greatest hurts from the ones closest to us. And some of us experience that. Some of, some of us from people that we've loved deeply have let us down. And after that, he was arrested and went through, as we said earlier, three different trials at night, which is illegal. And in those trials, they, they tried him illegally and they brought false accusers, false accusation. 
And can I tell you, this is probably one of my most frustrating ones. This is the one that I, I, I deal with. I, I cannot stand. I, cannot be, I can't stand being falsely accused. I never said that. I never did that. Can I tell you, that's why years ago I got on Facebook. I got on Facebook years ago because of that. And now I'm happy to say for about two months, I've been completely off social media for about two months. If you see anything floating around with my name on it, it's a fake account. I'm just telling you right now. And they're out there, by the way. Because I just can't stand that. I can't say, I never said that. I never did that and be falsely accused. And that's one of the dangers, again, of, of social media, if you can say it that way. But people are making decisions about me, about things that aren't even true, about other, what other people are saying. And I have to regularly forgive people. And again, not as much now that I'm not on social media, but I have to regularly forgive people. And there are a couple of people, I'll be honest with you right now, there's about two or three I'm actively trying to forgive right at this moment, can I tell you? And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to preach this message today. Okay, at the trial, understand this, at the trial, not one of the other 11 disciples were there to support him. Not one. Not even Peter, James, and John. They weren't even there to support him. Uh, offense comes through rejection. Rejection. And some of you are feeling that way. Let me say this to young people. Some of the young people are feeling this way. And hey, listen, some of the worst things that come on social media is bullying and saying things to our young people. Whoever dreamed all the suicides and stuff that would come from what people are saying on social media? And I would say, if you're not fasting social media, you need to fast it, you need to consider just eliminating it. And I would say this to parents, you need to be very mindful of the social media that your kids are on, your teens are on, because there's a lot of rejection that comes through it. And then people are determining the course of their life based on the rejection of other people, because that gets in them they're changing their course of their life by what people are saying about them, judging them. And it's horrible, the number of young people that take their life because of it. That's why it's important to come to the house of God. Why? Because we'll tell you what God says about you, which is better. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. We'll tell you what God says about you. Amen. You need to come hear what God says about you. So 9 a.m. the next morning, he goes through this brutality, undescribable. In fact, he was beaten so bad, he was unrecognizable. Offense comes through abuse. We've just been abused. A lot of types of abuses, physical, mental, emotional, sexual, spiritual. Jesus was abused, just beaten unrecognizable. It says that he was unrecognizable to man. His mother didn't even recognize him. Horrible physical and emotional abuse. They were mocking him. They blindfolded him. They would slap him on the face and say, prophesy who hits you. They would make fun of him. They would do all kinds of horrible things physically and emotionally. He was physically abused so bad, Isaiah, again, said beyond recognition. And he was hung on the cross. And when they hung you on the cross, they, they hung you on the cross naked. And I only want to bring that up to say, offense comes from humiliation. Jesus was humiliated. Humiliated hanging up there. We've had moments in our life that people have humiliated us. Jesus went through all that as well. And not just to pay for our sins. Take a look at what Hebrews 2, 16 through 18 says in the message. It's obvious, of course, that he didn't go through all this trouble for angels. It was for people like us, children of Abraham. That's why he had to enter into every detail. Listen, he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself. 
all the pain, all the testing, and would be able to help where help was needed. But pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. You're right, I may not, but Jesus does, and Jesus did. You don't know what I've experienced. I may not, but he does. You don't know, you've never, I may never have, but he has. He went through and experienced it all in some way, shape, or form so he could pay for it, but not just pay for it, so he could understand it and help you through it. He can help you through all the things that brought offense in your life because he himself had been in that place and he has experienced it. We may not understand what you're going through, but Jesus does. And it's gonna take an act of, you need to understand that because it's gonna take an act of your mind before it's gonna take an act of your emotions because you'll respond out of your emotions will be one out of emotion, will be out of retaliation. But then you have to respond by getting your mindset first. First Peter 4, 1 says this, since Christ suffered while he was in his body, strengthen yourselves with the same way, listen, with the same way of thinking Christ had. We need to take on the same way of thinking Christ had. He's already experiencing everything we had experienced, so we need to have the same thought process. We need to think the same way, and that will um, get down then into our emotionals and help us with our response. And the truth is, there's a lot of things we think about forgiveness that forgiveness is not. I don't want to share a few things within the time we have left. So we need to think like Jesus said, because the things sometimes we think about forgiveness It's the way the world thinks, not the way Jesus thinks. And so I'm gonna tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. Don't think that is. That's the world way of thinking. We need to unlearn the world way so we can break free. It's not minimizing the seriousness of the offense. Someone's gonna say, oh, don't worry, it didn't, it didn't. It's okay. No, it's not okay. Did it really hurt? Yeah, it hurt a lot. It's not a big deal. No, it's a really big deal. And neither God nor the Bible says you got to, neither God nor the Bible says you got to make it like it's not a big deal. It doesn't say just walk it off. Rub some dirt on it. You'll be all right. It doesn't say that anywhere in the scripture. It says you need to recognize it and then you need to deal with it. It's not reconciliation. The world thinks it's reconciliation. Let me tell you something. Forgiveness does not require you to go to that person and make it right. I hope one day you can. I hope one day I can. But don't confuse forgiveness with reconciliation. Reconciliation is a two-player game. You need the cooperation of the other person in order for that to be reconciled. And if you make reconciliation a condition of forgiveness, then you hold yourself hostage to the one who offended you in the first place. Forgiveness is between you and God. And what's in your heart, unlearn the world way. I gotta wait for that person to come to apologize. No, you don't. Maybe it'll happen one day, but you gotta get it out of your heart. You gotta eject it out of your life. They don't determine how free you get. Forgiveness is what I decide regardless of what you do. I don't wait for you to come say I'm sorry. I don't wait to, every day I say, Father, I release them to you. I'm giving it to you. Reconciliation is not about doing what's fair. Life is unfair. And let me tell you something, you don't want fair. You don't want fair. Thank goodness we didn't get what we deserve. Jesus took it all, the sinless one. 
You don't want to be judged fairly in your life. You don't want fair, but it's not fair. It may not be. Guess what? Life's not fair. But aren't you glad that Jesus came to give you a better life and he took what was yours and he didn't deserve it. He took your sin. I don't want fair for me in relation to my judgment. There's nothing fair about what Jesus did paying for what somebody else did. And don't go the route of what they deserve. Forgiveness is not about giving what they deserve. It's about giving what they need. Thank goodness God didn't give me what I deserve, but what I needed. Forgiveness is not impossible to do. It's not impossible to do. Philippians 4.13 says this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, through Christ who strengthens me. And so my job is to show you where the strength comes from. Because I need strength greater than my own strength to be able to forgive. I do. To be able to eject unforgiveness out of my life. The closer I get to God, He gives me the capacity and the ability that I didn't have before. See, prayer helps me identify the areas of my life that I need to forgive or the people I need to forgive, rather. Fasting draws me close in the presence of God and builds my faith so I can find the power beyond my own to be able to eject that out of my life. That's why prayer and fasting are so important. The power of God is available for every person. And so you won't believe me until you do these. You'll never know until you try. But the first thing you need to do is pray for him. The first thing you need to do is pray for him. That's right, pastor. I've been praying. I've been praying fire down on them. <laughs> Jesus name, bring the fire, Lord. Now it's not the prayer we're talking about. And I know because I've prayed those prayers and In fact, I won't tell you the reference, but here's the scripture for you. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Break their teeth, God. I won't tell you where to find that because I don't want that on your refrigerator, but nonetheless. We're not talking about that kind of prayer. You'll never know until you try. Matthew 5, 43 through 44. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It somehow doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be much. You don't have to have scriptures. You just say, just pray for them. Be with them today, Lord. Touch them today, Lord. But you got to start somewhere. You actively say, Lord, I, I forgive them. I ask you to touch them today. Do a work inside of them. Their life may never change, but I guarantee you, yours will. I guarantee you, yours will. They may never change. They may never say anything to you again. They may never, but yours will change. Yours will change. Number two, you'll never know until you do it. Bless them. Bless them. And what I mean by that, bless means to speak well of. Speak well of. I'll not let a curse come out of my mouth about them privately or publicly. Luke 6, 27 through 28 says, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Bless those who curse you. Don't let bad things come out of your mouth towards them. Romans 12, 14 says this, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. When you do what God says to do, power shows up and your life is changed. You're only responsible for doing what God wants you, tells you to do. Oh, again, they may not change because of that, but you'll change because of that you'll find that you'll be able to have the power to release that and let it go. And then the last thing I would say to you this morning, you won't know until you try. Not only pray for them, bless them, 
but this is another level. Do good for them. Do good to them. And it'll take you a while of the first two to get to that place, and that's okay. But I'm gonna figure out a way to do something good, something unexpectedly. Romans 12, 17 through 21 says this. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. You know what? Sometimes you take things out of God's hands that he's gonna do. Allow him to do whatever he's gonna wanna do in your defense. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. I'll take care of it. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Yes! No, I'm just kidding, that's right. But do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's, uh, that's a reference to something cultural back in that day. That's another level. But if you'll pray for him and bless him, you might get there that one day. But the important thing is, in doing these things, Jesus gives us a framework to eject that unforgiveness out of our lives. Oh, it doesn't have anything to do with the other person. They may be who they always are, do what they always do, but that's okay, but you'll be different. And you'll be more free. And you'll be able to break free of that gravitational pull of unforgiveness because you've applied the word of God that Jesus has instructed. And remember, Jesus has experienced and faced everything you ever will. So he's given us a way out. He's given us a way, the power to eject unforgiveness out of our life and get free and turn north to the new normal, new habits, new attitudes, new mindsets that he has for our new heart. He's a good and faithful God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart and my hope in the message today is to get us just to see some real practical things that we can do, we can do today to break free from that pull of unforgiveness that keeps pulling us back. We have moments, Father, and then someone else comes along and we have moments and something else happens, Father God. It is a part of our everyday life. We saw that in scripture, Father God, but thank God that you've given us a plan, a way through the framework of Jesus' life to be able to break free from the gravitational pull of unforgiveness. Oh, that we would be people that would do that. And I know, Father God, bringing a message like this is difficult because I know it probably brought things up in people's lives that they had chosen to forgot, forget. They would rather not think about those things because of the hurt. And I understand that, Father. There's things in my life. But Lord, I know we need to address these things, Father God, because unless we can identify them, Father God, and then find the way to eject them out of our life, they will keep pulling us back. So I pray in this moment, perhaps, Father God, of, of hope and hurts, that you help each and every one of us find a way, Father God, through all the, the hurts from betrayals and rejections and abuses, Father God, all the hurts associated, Lord, with the humiliation and the things that bring offense in our life, that, Father God, we find a way, we find a way, Father God, to pray, to bless, and to do. And in doing so, Father God, release those things from our life and find the freedom that you want for us. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.